Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. We are drinking today Albert Bichot, a champagne house founded in 1831. Wouldn't it be fun to be drinking champagne in 1831? Actually, we probably wouldn't know. be drinking it. Isn't that like smallpox and shit? Yeah. <laughs> That's why you needed to drink Ooh. champagne. <gasps> oh, we got some overflow. Purdy foul. I bet I know who caused that to happen. It smells delicious, though. It's a good mess. Lovey's drinking up this spilled champagne. She's such a good <laughs> shop dog. <laughs> good choice, Lovey. Don't worry, we only spilled like a tablespoon. Thank you. All right, it's another week of great reading. What are you reading right now, Alan? Well, I want to talk about a book I finished reading. Okay. Whoa, that's quick. And then a book I am reading. I read Shark Heart by Emily Haybeck. Okay. This is an Amy Zimalik favorite. Mm-hmm. And Which is weird, just to say. She does she normally, doesn't like fantasy or love stories. Yeah. And this is or magical like, realism. Yeah. This is definitely magical realism romance. So it's called Shark Heart, a Love Story. And it's this couple and the guy, they are recently married, and the guy, Lewis, is diagnosed with a mutation. He's turning into a great white shark. And he will be a great white shark within a year and he'll have to go live in the ocean. And so it's them. The husband, Lewis, is turning into a shark. And so it's about this couple sort of like coming to terms with their fate. And it's also there's so that's like kind of the first half of the book. And the second half of the book is the woman, Ren. It goes into her mother, Angela's backstory. And what we know in the first half of the book is that Angela is dead and Ren has been grieving the loss of her mother. We don't know the circumstances of Angela's death. Um, But Angela got pregnant with Ren when she was 15 years old and in an abusive relationship. And so it's sort of about, even though this book has a lot of different characters, I would argue Ren is the central character. So it's about these people in her life that she has lost. So it's an interesting story. Amy loved it. About should be her love. staff pick next month. Yes. I said I couldn't read it because the premise is so specific. And I already read Sharks in the Time of Saviors, which is about a person who transforms <laughs> into a shark. I was telling my daughter about this book, and she was like, That's so stupid. That would never happen. I was like, Yeah, That's obviously. Fiction. Like, it's fiction. Like, I'm not positing that people will turn into great white sharks. And I don't think the author wishes us to believe that. It's a mind exercise. Yes, exactly. It's like those um, drawings that are like the old lady versus the Parisian lady, (laughs) where you can see both things, like the haggard, you know, woman in the scarf and then the lady in the hat. What do you see? What do you feel? All I know is Jay told me that that was an effed up premise for a book and that She's like, you're worried about me becoming a furry. You're the one, <laughs> you're the one reading about people who turn into sharks. And I was like, sharks don't have fur. But anyway. Yeah. 
Didn't and she was work. like, Google furries and you'll see. And I was like, that is the last thing I'm going to do. No, do not. <laughs> I will do not be Googling not. furries. Sorry. Um, you know, you do you. <laughs> Whatever rocks, rocks your boat. Uh, anyway, so I read that. And now I'm reading Stealing by Margaret Verbal. Verbally. Verbal. Can't Verbal. Yeah. Margaret Verbal. It's a book I picked up um, when we were in Seattle at Secret Garden Bookstore. And it was a finalist for the Pulitzer. And it's about this girl who's nine, Kit. And she lives out in the country. It's the 1950s. Um, and she is in Louisiana, so out by the bayou. And she's being raised by her dad, who's white. Her mother was indigenous, and she has passed away. And Kit, every day in the summer, like, goes fishing. She, she walks down the country road, and she's, she goes fishing. And one day she's walking down the country road and in a cabin where her great uncle used to live before he died, she really, it's occupied. And so she's curious about who's living there. And it's this woman, Bella, who's like very beautiful. She's in her 20s, a little mysterious, and they form a friendship. And something goes very wrong. And now Kit finds herself and she's telling this story from a boarding school in which she's, you know, having her indigenous culture taken from her. Wow. Didn't see that coming. And so, right, I, I thought that I thought the beautiful woman and the poor widow dad were going to get together. Well, don't know. The right, I don't know yet. The writing is so good, though. I picked it up off our shelf to read the first page because that was your reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, when you pick up a book and you know from the very start that you're really going to enjoy it. Yeah, I had that right away with this one. That's what that's what you told me. So I was like, well, I better sample it. So I'm on board with reading it. Sounds really good. It's funny how we can discover books on our own shelves. Speaking of discovering books on our own shelves, I'd been looking at this kind of like tie-dyed, orange-green covered book with what I thought was like a baby elephant on it. And I I didn't know what it was. I just knew we got it in. We ordered it. Must sound good at some point. That sounds good. But I decided to pick it up after Amy convinced me to participate in the literature map. Yeah, literature, she, she got me to do that too. Literature-map.com. She was like, I don't know. This could have been an eighth grade school project, but. It does look like an eighth grade. It has no but we tested graphic it out. design. We tried a bunch of authors mm-hmm. and I was like, let's just see if the. So That's what it right. does is it brings, like, it gives you comp, like comparable mm-hmm. authors. And so I wanted to see if the comp authors, you know, were ones that I would have thought of. And they were. So I feel like it's legit. It is legit, and Amy put in someone that she really liked, and I forget who her prompt was, but it directed her to read, bomb. well, Mary Laura Philpot, whose most recent book was Bomb Shelter, a lot about the fear and anxiety we have as mothers, also what it is to age and watch our children age. That book just rocked me. Of course Amy would love it, but nothing had told her to pick it up. She just, she knew certain people on staff loved it, but she was like, I don't think it's for me. So because of the literature map, she picked it up and she loves it. So that made me happy. I love Bomb Shelter too. So I tried to stump the literature map and we'll put the link in our show notes because it's super cool. Kevin Wilson is someone we both love and we love him because he writes odd, unusual books with humor and heart. To me, it's a perfect book. It's funny and weird but I feel something reading it. I'm connected to the characters. And 
I just was curious who else is on here. And I saw a lot of names I love. Emma Straub, Sigrid Nunes, Lori Frankel, Claire Keegan, Maria Simple, Helen Oyemi, Tara Westover. These are all people that I've enjoyed in the past. So I was like, okay, there might be something to this. I don't know if they're exactly like Kevin Wilson, but why don't I investigate one of the closest names to Kevin Wilson's name, which brought me to Ramona Ossabel. I'm assuming that's how she pronounces her name, but this is, I, I Googled her. I was like, what has she written? I've never heard this name before. And the image that popped up was the book I'd been staring at across the bookstore all this time. And it wasn't a mini elephant. It was a baby woolly mammoth. Ooh, shit. So the story, this is hilarious. There's this emerging, people have decided that there's this subgenre of fiction called cli-fi in which we talk about climate disaster. There's an element of cli-fi to this in that the mother of this family is a scientist who works in archaeology and scientific research related to the changing climate across the world and the preservation of species. We are thrown right into the setting of this woman. I think her name is Jane and her two daughters, Eve and... I can't remember the other one's name is, but these two daughters, they're teenagers, like 15, 13, something like that. And they are on a trip they don't really want to be on with their mom. It's like summer break kind of gap time. They've grown up traveling with their parents all over the world in different countries, but they've recently lost their father. And it's kind of weird the way they describe it. He was on a very narrow road in a car traveling at high speeds in Italy and went off the road and died. Jesus. So it's kind of weird in that it's a dead dad story. We're so used to dead mom stories, but here's the mom, (laughs) the mom and her daughters trying to find their way. The mom has been included on this expedition. They all know that the men leading the expedition see her as the token female. She's being treated like a secretary, but the mom is just grateful to be included in it. And so they're silently all observing the fact that they're treating her like a secretary The girls are bitingly smart, really dry humor, sassy. Their reactions to the lead and assistant male researchers and their guides locally are hilarious. And so I just, it's that dry humor and the backbone of these girls that immediately attracted me. <laughs> like, what hijinks are we going to get up to here? So they're in somewhere in Siberia where woolly mammoths once lived. And the local guide kind of gives them this really quick overview of how humans killed the woolly mammoths. And now that there's no longer giant mammals to pack down this spongy dirt and soil with their weight and their stomping around and their grazing of grasslands and spreading of seeds of grass to keep the soil um, firm. It is eroding the ground and the permafrost is at risk. And if the permafrost unfreezes, all the carbon will be released into the environment and we'll all be dead. So apparently they're on a mission to alter the genetic material that they have of elephants to be more winter resistant, combining woolly mammoth with elephant and 
bringing them back to life in an elephant body, you know, like a semi-woolly mammoth being inserted into an artificial womb, womb and bringing these giant animals back to life. That's apparently the mission. That's what they're there to do. Even though the girls admittedly say, we're so desperate to, you know, achieve this mission, but to get a thousand elephant woolly mammoth hybrids out in the world to pack down the dirt and save the permafrost is unlikely. <laughs> like it's not going to happen in time. Aim for the stars. And they're like, the stars aren't going to get us there. So I love it. I love the tone. I'm really excited about it. I want to read it. I ordered a copy for myself. Oh, thanks. I'll be reading Selling. That was the book you're reading. Stealing. 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 And it has multiple meanings <gasps> in relation to the plot. It's exciting. This is ex- this is my favorite kind of reading. This yes. was not on my radar. I discovered it. Now I'm doing it. Yeah, and I mean, when I read the premise of Stealing at that bookstore, and it was a book we didn't carry at the time, I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. But it sat on my shelf since February. Yeah. And I when I finished Shark Card, I went to like my, my big shelf. And I was like, all right, Ellen, what are we going to read? <laughs> And I was like, you know, I'm going to try this one. It's so fun to pull pull books that were recommended to you or you discovered or someone said you absolutely have to read this and to know that they're sitting there waiting for you to experience. I love it. Indeed. The TBR list is a blessing. Yes. And speaking of great books, I mean, back to Bomb Shelter, I am a new... I'm not a new aunt. I have a niece and a nephew on my husband's side, but yeah. I have a nephew on my side of the family now. He was born like five days ago, and he's super cute. And I got his mom bomb shelter. There's nothing better. Yeah, I think that that was a really wise gift because Mary Laura Philpot is writing about her children being older teenagers, mm-hmm. and that fear of what's coming next and the desire to control and not miss out on these experiences and just like oh this is our last summer we got to get it I so relate to that yeah so it's good to give her a little dose of that early on all right when we come back we will be talking to Katie one of our booksellers that we talk about often on the podcast because of her amazing enthusiasm and work ethic, the fact that she has a day job as a preschool teacher and Moonlights as a bookseller, hugely involved in the curation of our romance section, which is why she was tapped to lead our romance subscription. Welcome to the cat. (laughs) <laughs> the cat pod <laughs> welcome to the podcast katie katie k to the t so excited yeah we're so excited because number one you're really good at articulating i admire her speech she should probably be the podcast speaker all the time uh, that's not true but thank you i'll See? take it i'll take <laughs> it she's so articulate um but also um I like thinking about Katie's origin story because she messaged me and she's like, I would just really love if I could just like work there anytime. And I was like, actually, that would be awesome because it was holiday season and we were like, we do need extra help. And it was like this 
there are times where, you know, planets align, stars align, whatever you say, like it was meant to be is a little bit, is a lot how a lot of our relationships have formed. Katie is magic. And I consider her sending us email, like, can I work there a little bit? Um, (laughs) As like this huge gift because the romance collection in our store pretty much we have lots of people contribute to it but katie is the person who has given it its robust life it's one of the reasons we have two cases soon to be three yay (laughs) um of romance because we when we first segmented out romance books i remember it was because we have such a strong readership. You were making recommendations right and left. We were selling so many romance books. We just said, our romance readers, if sci-fi fantasy and mystery thriller deserve their own section, our romance readers deserve their own section as well. A really easy way to find their next read. So we started with, I think we started, we thought we would do like a shelf, but we were like, once we saw what we had, we were like, okay, it's definitely more than a case of books. And it was kind of a loose two cases. Very quickly, it became a jam-packed two cases. (laughs) Katie has so many good recommendations. And because people have so enthusiastically supported this section, we're going to add another, we're going to increase it by 33%, which leads us to our natural expansion of, and we've been thinking about this for months and months and months. As soon as we started the subscription, we knew that the next adult edition would be romance. I am so excited. Okay, so first of all, my origin story. I love that you're like, oh, Katie was like, can you work there? Can I just work every once in a while? And uh, now you can't get me to leave the store ever. <laughs> we love it. When Katie shows up, it's like, everything's going to be fine. Also, she always kind of dressed in the nines. Like, she always has a cool hat or, like, fun hairstyle or, like, she, it's like, it's really cool. I feel like I'm <laughs> underperforming when I see Katie show up. The cool grandma of the shop. It's yeah, cool. whatever. Well, I have to always like be extra nice to her because she thinks I'm mean. Do <laughs> <laughs> you see me like, I, you can't see me on there, but I'm like facing Amanda because Ellen kind of scares me a little I bit. I don't know why. She's always telling me that I scare her. And I'm like, what have I, what did I do to you? This you is a common like experience. a middle school teacher. <laughs> Scary. Says the preschool teacher. There is probably a difference between dealing with middle schoolers and preschoolers. Our favorite, I I just love like the natural joyfulness. And I think it does go hand in hand with romance reading because we were talking about our romance readers are happy people. Romance makes happy people. They are very enthusiastic. So our preschoolers. (laughs) For the most part, unless they're unhappy, then they're really Really unhappy. unhappy. Yeah. I will say that I feel a lot of romance readers tend to be optimists. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, we look for hope in our stories and that's why we like our stories to have happily ever afters. And love is the answer to everything, isn't it? Uh, almost everything. We yes. distilled in romance readers, in romance books, like the answer to all life's problems. And it's this concentrated dose of love. And so, I mean, how well, can and that a, be good? And a good ending, like yeah. a happy ending. And there's that ever after for everybody. So we need, I guess, cli-fi romances. Yeah, we do. Apparently, we don't have to worry about the climate destroying humanity. And we also get love. That would be like solve all the earth (laughs) problems. You should write that. I mean, 
listeners, please tell us if there's a cli-fi romance out there. I'm sure Katie can find it. I think Ellie Hazelwood could get on that one. Yeah. All right, Allie, Allie. Hazelwood. Obviously, you listen to this podcast. So. At Allie Hazelwood. Listen up. <laughs> com. Yeah. We're huge fans. Um, so we have arrived at the moment of the romance subscription existing. We and wouldn't have done this if it was if Katie didn't exist, we would not have a romance subscription. Yes, and Katie has taken it by the balls. Yeah. So I am so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. So I found the perfect book for the first month. Mm-hmm. And that is in November, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We yes. It out in November. Yep. Yes. We have the perfect book. It has fall vibes. It has the cover's so fall. Fall. Yes. It's like pumpkin spice, latte, happiness, love, sweaters, scarves, everything. Yes, and it has uh, enemies to lovers. It has kind of a second chance in there. It has a little miscommunication. So good. So much banter between characters. You're gonna love it. Plus, you get little, uh, fun little like stickers in there mm-hmm. and a fun little surprise. So we're doing a really cool promotion for the launch of the the romance subscription. Um, but what's cool is we are so excited about the romance subscription. It doesn't really matter when you sign up. But as part of the promotion, all new subscribers get a book journal with the Love Unleashed branding. That came from either Chad or Amy Zamolik. We don't know. I love know. that so much. I love it. I'm going to say Chad. Okay. We think it's Chad who loves philosophy, uh, psychology, economics, history, and nature. But he might have branded Love Unleashed. <laughs> because, um, I don't know, they're funny. They're dog people too. They really hit it on the mark. So Love Unleashed is going to have its own book journal because romance readers are super enthusiastic. They are book trekkers. They're good reads people. They're book club attendees. So you'll have your journal and you also have a set of sticker sheets that come with it so that you can write in the title, the author, the tropes, the spiciness level, your overall writing. But each month we'll set out, send out a new sticker sheet that has a thematic sticker that goes along with your book club entry stickers or your book subscription entry stickers. It will tie into the theme of the book. Um, so fall expect something really cutesy for fall with our debut subscription. So it's just doubling down on the romance readers interest in reading passion about reading They're They, and they share, they, they recommend right and left what they love. Which brings us to the other part of the subscription service, which is the online book forum. So this, yeah, this is what I was going to talk to you about, because this is not something we're doing with other subscriptions yet. But because you, we're because, lazy. But <laughs> that and <laughs> um, the romance readers are a special group of readers in their level of engagement and wanting to discuss books. Yes. So this is something that you are offering. Tell us about it. So I found a platform that uh, our members of our subscription service can join, and it is a way for all of us to discuss the book we are currently reading online as we are reading it, and then give maybe other recommendations for other books as you're reading so we can talk to each other. And then at the end of the month, we will uh, Zoom each other and have one big uh, book club party um, for all of our subscribers. And uh, I don't want to give away too much, but we 
already have one of the authors saying that uh, she will join us for a Zoom meet. And Katie That's is persistent. Awesome. She sends yeah. me emails and she'll be like, are you tired from <laughs> of hearing from me yet? And I'm like, no. Well, I'm I feel not. like as soon as we kind of like came to you and we're like, okay, Katie, we're ready. We're ready to pull the trigger on this romance thing. You were like, all right. Let's go. <laughs> she took a rocket to the moon. <laughs> yeah, she did. And it's so cool because Katie will stop at nothing to find the very best book for each month. Well, Katie, tell us, like, you are pro- a prolific reader um, and you read primarily, not exclusively, but primarily romance. How many books would you say you read in a month? Because I want people to understand that, like, you're curating the subscription, but I want them to know, like, you're not like, I mean, the amount that you're reading and curating from. So I read, I read, sorry. I read about 25 to 30 a month. What the hell? <laughs> I told you she's under the radar. Oh she, my people, God. People think other booksellers are the mo- most prolific readers. She is the most prolific reader. And she's like really fit. Like if I read 25 books a month, I would, I don't want to shame myself. We hate you, Katie. Myself, we hate you. But like, <laughs> is she reading while running and no, lifting with no. two arms at once? I do listen to audiobooks too, yeah. but that is on my drive from yeah. Gilbert to which is like uh, five Ames. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> my commute, my commute of under ten minutes. I get ten minutes a book. But sh- what speed do you listen at? I listen at two, the double speed, which is not that bad. It's cray, according to some people. Yeah, two point zero to two five. Yeah, depending on the narrator. The penguin apple. <laughs> and I loved him. That's what that sounds. <laughs> what it sounds like but i read about 25 to 30 a month most of them are romance i do try to read something from every single genre in the month yeah you do read widely you you definitely read widely but everything that is not in like one memoir one fantasy sci-fi one non-fiction everything else is romance I think that's really cool that you diversify your reading because I think it really informs the pick the picks that you have. So recently we hosted Chloe Angel, the romance writer of Pod Don't. It's a little bit fun because you have a ballet background, you're a dancer by like origin. And you can tell because you demonstrated your you've demonstrated your skills many times in the store. <laughs> she is very talented and it works out very well for her social media. But Um, Chloe is, her background is in news reporting and working for magazines, nonfiction writing. And I felt like it made her romance book super rich. Yeah, you get the feels. You got the, um, what is the trope called in Pas de Which, it's a workplace romance. Okay. And the forbidden. forbidden Is it it forbidden? It is a forbidden romance. Right. Because Pas de Don't is the rule of the Mm -hmm. Australian ballet in an effort to protect people from sexual harassment or abusive relationships. They say you can't date your workplace. That's correct. Yes. So workplace and forbidden romance. So she writes romance so well. It's so um, compelling and exciting and seamy. But... You had this richness of the Australian experience and the ballet experience and information about the ballet. And I did enjoy the event in that she she talked about how she had to kind of pull back her natural inclination to do nonfiction, reporting, contextualization. But that that's why I enjoyed it. I felt like that would be a perfect romance for you because yeah, thank you. She, you recommended it yes. to me. She, as a journalist, kind of delved into the more social aspects of ballet. And um, 
brought those to attention a little bit more than maybe some of the other romances would have. I agree. Like, I need that kind of, like, backbone that Mm -hmm. structures what you expect to get out of a romance. So you expect to get the love and the steam and the feels, but I want the backbone in there, too. That's why Katie's really good at recommending romances. So if you ever need to come into the store and find your next romance, I literally was like, Katie, I'm going on vacation. Give me a steamy read that's not cliche. She's like, here you go. So I read it on vacation. It was fantastic. Um, But the reason why we have the romance subscription is because if you subscribe, you will literally get the best romance every month because Katie's reading 30 and she's picking the best one for you. They may not all be new releases, which Correct. I'm super, super excited about. I like it too. Because some of them are just going to be really under the radar authors that I have maybe discovered somewhere else. And I feel like maybe you should give a try too. I think that is a phenomenon in the romance genre because so many of the romance authors were undiscovered gems mm-hmm. that suddenly went viral on book talk. And then, you know, you can't buy their book anywhere. When we opened our store, I was like, it ends with us? Why are people asking me for this book? Well, it it kind of like is, I think, partly due to the fact that romance as a genre is definitely experiencing like a thing right now. Right. And, you know, people sometimes think romance is like a like a lesser form of literature or they think of it as, you know, like the Harlequin romance. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. But like it's evolved. Right. And so it's super popular now. And people are like, like proudly claim that they love romance where before it'd be like, well, I sometimes read romance, you know, like, so now we have the why, stickers. Why do you think that's happened? Yeah. Like, why do you, why do you think that has happened? Like what changed that now like romance readers are out proud, like romance stories are like being published at a much higher rate. They're more mainstream. I don't know. I've had conversations about this with um, the incomparable Sarah, who uh, was at Dog-Eared Books and is now living a life in Amsterdam. She's so (laughs) cool. Sarah. And she has a love for horror, Mm -hmm. and I have a love for romance, and we're talking about how the two intertwine. (laughs) Apparently, they understand how they intertwine. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like there is a lot of similarities between romance and different genres. I mean, part of the reason I think it's been thought of as sort of like not literary or something or not literature is because it is primary. The target audience is primarily women. So like that's sexist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean. But you know what? In the store and on our staff, I like to say we have our token white guys, you know, like, sorry, guys. In the book, in the book world, women are driving sales. Women are readers. I presented to the Qantas Club this morning. I had a couple of people, men come up to me and say, like, yeah, my wife's really into reading. I'm not so much. I'm like, you just haven't found your book yet. Yeah. You just haven't, yes. you haven't been taught it's socially acceptable to be a reader. Um, and so it's this or to read in an open-minded way of like, you know, women will lean into this genre. Yes, and I feel like you're right. It did start with um, them maybe changing the typical cover. Uh, so right. women would take it out in public. But then uh, <laughs> women became super supportive of each other and like, hey, I've read that book. I've read that book too. And we've created this community and we want other people to be a part of our community. And remember, it all boils down to love. Like, 
men want us to think love is a good thing too. You know what I mean? More men should read romance because oh, I think that's very true. And I mean, it's part of like a broader battle, right? In like getting people to be readers is starting to remove this idea of like only certain books count as real literature, right? And whatever. I don't know. I think reading should bring you joy. So whatever it is that brings you joy, that's what you should be reading. And different people need different things out of their reading experience. So romance, whenever I overhear the romance book club talking and when I talk to the, you know, serious romance readers on staff, one of the things that comes up a lot is tropes. And tropes kind of sometimes have a negative connotation, but I think any sort of genre fiction, like, so for me, I'm a mystery reader. I fucking mm. love mystery tropes. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think romance readers are the same. There's not, there is a level of comfort in tropes. And the journey you're going to go on. Yeah. So what, how do you feel? What are your favorite tropes? And like, how, how do you think tropes add ra- to rather than diminish a person's reading experience? So I feel like every reader knows if they have read and explored literature, they know what they like. You like coming of age stories. Yes, I do. should be a trope. Yeah, for sure. I I am like, it's like my crack. I started this book stealing and I was like, okay, it's first person narrative. It's coming of age. Yeah. She's nine. Sweet. So, like if you are a, somebody that has explored literature, you know what you like. Yeah. That's what a trope is. It's just what you happen to like in a story. I happen to like forbidden romances. I mm, happen to like. I feel it. Uh, Enemies to lovers that the enemy is not a horribly mean person. I like how you clarify the enemies to lover. I really think you do a good job of explaining that. So. Yeah, I, I struggle when the, the enemies part goes on too long or if the one, the enemy is an absolutely horrible human being. Right. And then they all of a sudden have a redemption story. Like, no, no. you can't do that. Um, but I do like a really well-written enemies to lovers. Um I think that once you figure out what you enjoy in reading, then it is easier to find your next great book that Mm -hmm. you love to read. Totally. And that's the work we do as booksellers. What have you read recently that you liked and why did you like it? I just finished uh, the last in the Knockabout series by Lucy Score. It started with Oh my God, Lucy Score. And Things We Hide from the Light. And the last one was Things. Let me look. Is this an advanced reader copy? It is. I was going to say, I haven't seen that third one. It comes out in September. Things We Left Behind. So, what I love about romance, oh, I'm getting all excited. What I love about romance series is that. You have spent the last two books getting to know these characters and their chemistry is building and you are finding out little snippets about them mm-hmm. as you go. And then by the third story, you're like, all right, come on, it's Lucian and Sloane's turn and you can't wait to figure out what has driven them apart that you know that they hate each other. And in the third story, it all comes together and you get a happily ever okay. after. What do you call, there's a term for this, and I lose the lingo, but I know the phenomenon where it's like three quarters of the way through and there's a misunderstanding. The third act breakup? There it is. <laughs> I hate it! Yeah. Oh, I yeah. just want to punch someone. Yeah, most of them have a third act breakup. This one also has a third act breakup. But. But. There is makes, a good but. Yes, it is so good at the end. It is so good. It wrapped up the whole series beautifully. And I can't you know what? And it. it's such a good pattern to learn for us, right? We all have misunderstandings in relationships, whether it's romantic or friendships or professional. 
if we learn the brain pattern of we have the third act breakup, but you know what? It'll be fine in the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great lesson for life. Well, I mean, have the third act breakup and then you can think, oh, I remember how they solved that in the romance novel. (laughs) You're like, listen, buddy, it's not over yet. It's not over. We have some exciting times ahead. That's right. But when you talk about tropes and it's helping you figure out like, you know, what what is your next read? I think that's like one of the reasons why we create community around certain genres and like doing a subscription, doing a book club, that kind of thing is because you... I don't know. Whenever I'm at a book club at the store, we are recommending books to one another. Right. It's honing in on bringing greater joy to our reading life. And some, talking about a book is fun. Like any book you've read is fun. Yeah. It is fun until you discover that uh, you don't remember actually any parts of the book. <laughs> if, it's, if it's been a while. Cheers to Or if you're in a book club and you love the book and there's somebody who's like, I hate that back. And you're like, oh my God, I hate you. I know. I <laughs> we can't we be friends. I, I do not respect you anymore. <laughs> no, just kidding. Books are good to a point and then apocalypse. What is, who is an up and coming romance author or someone who's been writing romance for a while who you feel is under the radar? And that romance reader, all readers, should be paying attention to. So I have two. Um, Alexandra Vosti writes incredible historical romances. Yeah, this is exciting because... And I've heard you mention this name multiple times. She just went from self-published to picked up, right? Yes. Like, I was hoping to get her for one of our first months. And I was in contact with her, and she was all on board. And she was like, oh, I just got picked up by a publisher. And I'm so excited for her. Same. So excited. Yep. She will hit the romance subscription eventually. Yes. Yes. When uh, we get everything all sourced or figured out with her publisher. Yeah. And that may be January or February. But I am so excited to share her with our readership because they are going to love her. And then the other one is Chloe Angel. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm with you. I think that she is an amazing human being. She has a great story. And she's, she's so a smart and funny. Writer. Let's connect her to Iowa history. This was so cool. I mean, I love that we know Chloe Angel. I know her husband is like a placeholder figure, as in he... So I, I did not yeah. know this. I, I wasn't able to come right. to the event, and I did not know that her husband is Zach Walls. Mm-hmm. Thank you for connecting Mariah was telling me. She, she's like, oh my God, Chloe Angel has the best meet cute. It's so good. So if you live in Iowa and you follow current events, you probably know who he is. Years ago... He, like, argued in front of the legislature, you know, in support of gay rights, and he is the son of two two women, and she slid into his DMs, or whatever you call it, during those she, days. Because she Cause was she, a like, reporter. She was yeah. reporting on Iowa current events. But she hit on him. Yeah. In the DMs. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, her, tell the story. So her headline for the Oh my god, it was so cute! Wrote, do you remember the headline? Keep going. No, do you remember? You'll tell it better. No, You'll I tell- don't think I remember the headline. Oh, it was like, <laughs> will you marry me, Zach Walls? That, it was something yes. like that. I'll, yes. I'll Google it to make sure. Okay. But it was so cute. I knew that it, she said something about, will you marry me in there. Uh-huh. But yeah, so she wrote in her blog post headline, will you marry me, Zach Walls? He slid into her DMs. Okay. And okay. it was like, proposal? Question mark? Oh, here it was. Here it is. Um, It's reposted. Marry me, Zach Walls. And so that was the title because she was so enamored with his defense of his mother's that, you know, it broke her open. And then he DM'd her. Yes, he DM'd her, slid into her DMs and was like, marriage proposal? Question mark? (laughs) Oh, my God. And then they started talking. 
And then he like came out to New York and it was uh, And they're married. Yeah, they're married. And so here's my opinion. I really want her to write her me too as a story, but I don't I know you can't dictate authors stories. You can't. They have Chloe, yes, you can't. Chloe, do it. Chloe, please. I want your romance. <laughs> Chloe, come on. Everything is everyone wants you, Chloe. You're let everyone down if you don't. Queer moms and this it was so cute. I, w- I would read that a million times over. I, and then you come back and have a small town romance. Small oh town my romance. Gosh. Yeah. That's a trope in case you didn't know. Katie could teach you so many things. <laughs> so anyway, it was perfection. But yeah, Chloe on your radar. And what's exciting, she told us at our Cocktails and Combos what's happening with the her book. She has a second book coming out, Point of Pride. And she's hoping for it to be released in May. Point oh, with an E, Point you guys. E, this is how we play puns. She is very punny. She's punny? Yeah. She's so punny. Speaking of puns and stories we need written. What are we the calling package. it? The package. The package. A romance that delivers. <laughs> if you haven't heard it yet. Rachel fell in love with our UPS driver. He was bringing the books in the bringing box. The- Such a good be cute. It I is know. a good be cute. And it might involve cats that come to the bookstore because Rachel's cuddling her three-legged cat right now. <laughs> is that the three-legged oh, one? Yeah. Cricket? Babs. Babs. Hey, Babs. Anyway. So we'll have cats and it will have dogs and it will have books and it will have UPS shorts. Ooh, Nicely fitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which package are we it's referring to? It's a little like to? legally bond. Yeah, it's so legally bond. Bend and snap. Rachel just did it perfectly. So what would your meet cute be? Like, what is your? Mine is. <sighs> yeah, I want to. What is your meet cute? High school sweethearts. So, yeah. Katie yeah. normalizes my experience. It makes me really happy. I love seeing their pictures, except for Katie looks exactly like <laughs> she, she looks, looks exactly the same. Your husband, unfortunately. <laughs> she, you posted a picture a of your, different. like, when you had your son, like, 21 years ago. And I was like, she don't, she literally looks no different. She looks no different. <laughs> I look she, at myself, like, she, and less time than that, like, even seven years ago. And I'd hold on, I was like, I look way better. Did your daughter wear your, one of your dresses from high school? She did. She wore my high school prom dress as her high school prom dress. This is what you guys need to do. I love seeing this. What's your relationship trope? So for me and Jordan, it's workplace romance and yeah. grumpy sunshine. Those yeah. are our tropes. Her, fiancé, whatever, your person, your potential fiancé. Fiancé? No, sorry. I'm replying. <laughs> this is something. I, that, I hope not. This is, this is what something. The fuck? This what is, the fuck? What do I not trope? know? This is something I invented for my sister's partners. We called them fiancles because they were uncles that were fiancés. And, oh, okay. and my sister Lindsay had a fiancle for my kids, but he transferred into come up with it. It's a partnership. Uncle? P-uncle? Punkle? Oh, yeah. Punkle. It's a punkle. He's a punkle. He's a punkle, not an uncle. I was a high... Is that a trope? High school romance? Yeah. Uh, childhood sweethearts. Child, yeah. Childhood sweethearts? Yeah. And you're a childhood sweetheart? I'm a childhood sweetheart. Except for she and looks... And a sports romance because Vic was uh, the baseball player. High school sweethearts instead of childhood? Yeah. High school, high school sweethearts. sweethearts. <laughs> yeah. But you can fall in love when you're young and then it evolves. Oh, we, yeah. Yes. We were high school How old were you when you met him? 15. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. And you um, were together from then on? Yes. Yeah. We never broke up. Me too. I mean, I laid eyes on him at 15. I went on my first date at 16. You got me beat. 
Yeah, he uh, was a baseball player. My dad was a baseball coach. And I was up in the press box doing the scoreboard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Write that one. I know. Every time he came up to bat, he would make eye contact. <gasps> the tension. I know. The tension. <laughs> and then I started seeing him all over town. And every time I looked, he was making eye contact it's with me. It's a small town romance as well. I, yes, because it's wow. Webster City. Yeah. How big is Webster City? That's not very big. 7,000. So small town. Yeah. Ellen, what's your I don't know trip? all the tropes. What's the grumpy sunshine trope? One of you is grumpy and one of you is happy. It's I, like... I grumpy, grumpy? Yeah. Like <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it might, might actually be that. Let's double um, down on grumpy. I'm not grumpy. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... I don't know well, the Well, you trope. tell us your story, and then we'll tell you the truth. Okay. I was dating a loser. And... These are... Yeah, total loser. Reference loser. You know who you are. And I went to a friend's wedding one August, and my husband, Tyler, was an usher in the wedding. He was the groom's cousin. Is the groom's cousin. And he was so hot in his tuxedo. Oh. And he was, I was sitting in the pew with my friend Libby, and he was like standing sort of next to it during the ceremony. And I just like kept looking at him. And she was like, I see what you're doing. Stop it. It's being really obvious. <laughs> um, I was like, he is so hot. And then he came up and talked to me at the reception. We had had a class together. I did not remember him, but he remembered me. Because you're really smart and well-spoken. i sure I just said nothing in that class. Um, and I just could not stop thinking about him afterwards. I so, feel like the wedding trope is a thing. Yeah. So I went home and I dumped my boyfriend and I found his email address <gasps> on the directory because I knew he went to Iowa State and I emailed him. You emailed from the Iowa State no, directory? That's what we used to call I it. Stalker, I stalkered him. I stalker netted him. I emailed him and I basically was like, I think you're really hot. You said that? What did you really say? I think that is what I said. <laughs> and I, do you, you want to go out? I Because I was feeling something. I felt like it was going both ways. And um, yeah, so he said yes. And then the day we were supposed to have our first date, I got a call. to the fact that you thought he was hot? To going on a date. Okay. I left my phone number and he called. And um, we agreed on a date. Mm -hmm. And then he called me the day of and he was was breaking up. But he was canceling the date. (gasps) And I thought, and I didn't really know what he was saying. Third act breakup. I thought he he was like making excuses. I I couldn't really understand what he said. And I got really drunk that night. I got mm. into um, my roommate and I fought over who had the biggest butt. I won. I clotheslined her. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> turned out his grandma had died. Oh. And anyway, he so he called back and we rescheduled. And uh, I was supposed to study abroad the next semester. This was in September. Oh my god, this is so good. And he was like, a month later, he's like, "Can I go with you?" <gasps> and he came with me, and we got engaged in March. Oh. My God, can you believe that? That is an amazing. So, what do you call it? I feel like that's yeah. almost a little bit like second chance. Maybe. Ooh, kind of. Dabbles in the second chance because they reconnected on their study abroad, and it was in a destination location, which was New well, Zealand. We didn't reconnect. I mean, we intentionally. But if we were turning into this sort of fictional story, that's but, how we would manipulate. Oh, okay, it. got it. Got, so he was like uh, canceling the date. Yes, you got upset. Obviously. Yeah, like, I thought yeah, I did. I didn't just love it for sight trope. It was a little love at first sight. I yeah. feel like it was kind of. 
in the location of a wedding because that is specific. Yes. That's it was like specific. an immediate like a wedding love it. It was an sight. immediate thing of like knowing that this person is going to be an important person to me. I have never heard of anybody like actual love at first sight. I think when when people talk about love at first sight, and I don't know that I believe in love at first sight, but I believe you can know you're going to love somebody. I do think that when they talk about that, that is what they're talking about. I will second it in that I saw Austin on the soccer field. And you were like, damn. When I was a supportive third wheel to my best friend, Lori Bennett. (laughs) And she was there (laughs) watching her boyfriend, Ryan Lepper, the younger brother. And I saw him on the soccer field and I was like, ooh. And so now I have a thing for Austin and soccer flows. It's like the love <laughs> at first sight. But caveat, I tried to get him to do adult soccer when he was a dad. And he did it. He was good at it. But he wouldn't not head the ball. And I was like, you already have enough CTE to screw up our life. You can't head the ball. And he was like, you can't play soccer without heading the ball. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so he doesn't play soccer anymore, and that's why. So does he just wear soccer clothes around the house? He then? should. He should. <laughs> he he works in his socks. If he knows what's good <laughs> for him. He's got good legs. Okay, so it's the legs. So you and the had blonde. a sports romance, also. I did yeah. on the field. I was like that cute blonde tall guy. He was cute. And so I stalked him for about <laughs> six months, and then I won him over. He worked at Taco Time. I love Taco Time. And I went to Taco Time. Austin, make me some tacos. And I would. I didn't like Mexican food, and oh. so I didn't learn yet. I like Mexican food now, and not that Taco Time was <laughs> was it a private Mexican food. <laughs> Um, but because I didn't like Mexican food, I ordered crustos. I don't know. <laughs> I love crustos. Yeah. Crustos are fried tortillas I, with cinnamon know, sugar. Crustos were the shit. And milk. I'd be like, can I have crustos and milk? <laughs> Do you notice my hair? <laughs> and I would come all the time. And then finally he invited me in a movie, but I couldn't come to the movie. And then, then we went on a date, a couple's date. My best friend and I and him and his brother. And while we were walking the mall, waiting for our table, and I can't remember the place was called. It was in Southridge Mall. It was like, when we checked in to say what we wanted for our table, he was like, we'll have two tables. And I was like, oh my God, he likes me. (laughs) And then we walked in the mall and we finally got our tables. And at that restaurant, they give you crayons and a paper tablecloth, (laughs) even though you're a teenager on your first date. Yeah. (laughs) And I, we were drawing pictures and he drove me drew me roses and I drew him because he also played football and I drew him a picture of him kicking a 60 yard field goal and I wrote 60 yards and he laughed at me because there's no 60 yard marker it's only 50 and it goes back to no 40 so I know it is so romantic. Who's right? Let's die to the end of that battle. Um, so just to bring us back to the center, <laughs> romance readers are positive, enthusiastic, amazing people. You shop our store like crazy. Katie gives you great recommendations. And now we're connecting you to a subscription, the very best romance we can give you every month, whether it's an undiscovered gem or a recent release. We're providing all the opportunity to engage with your community of romance readers. We're giving you a journal that allows you to record all your enthusiasm for the the book you just read. Um, And we're excited. You can sign up any point now 
um, as of this recording, it will be official. Um, we're announcing it on Bookstore Romance Day, which is a really fun day just to engage in your community of having like fun love, romance, find your next read, have a good cocktail. We'll have had all the fun. At any point now you can sign up, you will get your free journal, a sticker sheet every month to record your favorite reads, um, and the expectation that you will be delivered the very best book and their paperback. That and is one yes. of the cool you'll have the opportunity to engage in these other ways. Yes. Too. Yes. Like Zoom so, and on the forum. Whether you're an early adopter and you join in November, or whether you gift this to yourself or someone else for the holidays, we want to give you the opportunity to get on board early because we'll have authors joining us. We'll have all this community around it. And we're just like, this is probably the most exciting thing. It is. I am super excited. I love a good subscription box. I yeah. am probably, I have like five of them that I belong to. <laughs> a connoisseur. Yes, because I love having little, uh, it's like a Christmas present mm-hmm. every month to my house that I have given myself. So Katie is trying to curate our subscription to the best of everything she's experienced, just like we do when we visit other bookstores. We learn from our peers. We try and adopt the things that make sense for us. So we're trying to make Love Unleash the best we can for our readership. Yes, and I'm really hoping to bring a lot of different types of books to our readers mm-hmm. that they may not have normally picked out for themselves so that they can broaden their, the, so they have a better idea of what they like when they come into the store and talk to me. I love that idea. You're learning <clears throat> what brings you joy, what lights you up. Yeah, you can come in and you can say, I loved the last pick of the subscription subscription service. Uh, could you give me another recommendation from that? Or you might say, wow, that last pick did not hit the nail on the head. Is there something else that, like, I, this is what I didn't care for it. What else can you recommend? And what's really cool, having done the dog pack and the puppy pack, we have people all over the country who subscribe, which, you know, is super cool to be connected with people everywhere, but we have a lot of iOS subscribers. So you get to have that intimate relationship with Doggered Books, with Katie, um, where we get to continue to like develop our community and our relationships and your reading experience. It'll be really fun. And then if you live somewhere else other than in our area, you can talk to me through the forum and tell me- <gasps> Katie's all access all the time. The book <laughs> or what you didn't love about the book. And then I will decide if I like you or not. No. <laughs> she will judge you so hard. And then we can talk about what she liked or didn't like. I love that part Katie of Katie would tell you anybody, anywhere, anytime a book recommendation. You could be at a soccer match. I guess that's what they call it. I guess your um, mind out of the gutter. I only go to she's, a million of them. She's still thinking of Austin in his soccer socks. I know I'm distracted. <laughs> see me, see me. Well, Katie is a teacher, so she's like, you You are like a, an attention to detail planner type of person. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, approaching this subscription with a lot of intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's very, aside from that, just Katie wicked cool, wicked cool, and could kill any project anytime, like anything. I, I would love trust that her. you think of that. Yeah, I do. Think of me. I do. I'm that. like we're safe in Katie's hands. 
we might have started this business, but anything goes wrong. Katie? It's up to the rest of you to <laughs> make it, it successful. Isn't there like an emergent? There's like a role. It's like when you're on a ship. People have accused us of our history being a little pirate focus and maritime focus. I feel like she's <laughs> the mean, person. You mean our history section. Our history, not our what did I say? Okay, so we call Amy first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Amy I was first. like, what? You and Amy can be captain and first mate. If Ellen and I go overboard. And Rachel, 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 Rachel's just a stowaway. No, Rachel will narrate the experience and record it for history so that there is a very good she'll book. Be, she'll be like the person in the crow's and, nest. And with then, the- and then, Katie says, the sun good thing Ellen is safe on a life raft, but she might be in the Pacific Ocean somewhere. I have photographic evidence. Bye-bye, Ellen. We could have saved your life, Rob, but we chose not to. And Amanda, who knows? They would totally save you first. No, I wouldn't be savable. I'd be like, not found. What happened? We don't know. Nobody knows where Amanda went. So. I'd be like, save me. And they'd be like, bitch, drown. So we just segued into another genre. But okay. anyway. That just shows how books are interconnected. So the easiest way to learn more about Love Unleashed is to go to dogyardbooksams.com and to go under the menu tab, subscriptions, um, learn all about our various subscriptions. We have adult fiction, which Ellen and I curate. So if you like the stuff that we love, then that'll be for you. Um, if you want your romance genre, Love Unleashed is for you. We also offer a picture book subscription called The Puppy Pack. We have a middle grade subscription curated by Jess and Tommy. Killer middle grade subscription. So we have a lot of options for a lot of different people. And we're always looking for the opportunity to expand. Um, but it's only because of people like Katie that we're able to offer that expansion. So cheers to Katie. Cheers to Katie. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. Cheers to your water. Yeah. Cheers. Awesome. Thank you. So excited. Amanda, what's well, coming out this week? Oh my goodness. So not a lot of hardcover um, new releases, but a few things. So one is a new one from Claire North who wrote Ithaca and it's the house of Odysseus. And it is a retelling of that story from Penelope, Odysseus's wife's perspective. Yeah, that's one I would have fun listening to. Yeah. Where the fuck did my husband go? Yeah. <laughs> for my entire What's life. What's he been up to? What was were you it doing worth for it? 10 years? Yeah. Okay. You come back with this story? I don't believe that About, story. About like a cyclops or something and I'm supposed to buy that? Full of shit. Full of Shit. Well, let's find out what Claire North has to say in her imagination <laughs> about what really happened. <laughs> All right. We also have the sequel to She Who Became the Sun. This has been a really great fantasy novel enjoyed in the store. It's called He Who Drowned the World by Shelley Parker Chan. So if you enjoy She Who Became the Sun and want to find out the rest of the story, that's what we got for you. And I believe She Who Became the Sun was a um, Women from Other Worlds pick. Yes, definitely. Big following at the store. In paperback, we have a few really great um, paperback <laughs> editions of <laughs> favorites that we previously had. Our Missing Hearts by Celestine. I really love this book. She's a 
Fantastic Writer, shows have been made into Netflix miniseries. Our Missing Hearts is about the Asian hate phenomenon, the distrust of people of Asian... Uh, I forget they have an acronym in the book. Anyway, it was a really fantastic novel about kind of the habits that we have for solving problems, protecting America and democracy. And what happens in the name of protecting our American values? So if you haven't read it yet, now's your chance in paperback. Dinosaurs by Lydia Malay. Uh, Love the children's Bible. This is someone to watch. Put her on your radar. So smart. So cool. And I love this book. It's one of those books where you can't really say... You can sort of say what it's about, but it's more the experience of reading the person and the journey of the brain. Um, and it's a, it's about this wealthy guy. He comes into some wealth. He walks. He's yeah. like pointless, right? Like he, yeah, yeah. He decides to just walk across the country and settle in. I think where Arizona, Arizona. Yeah. And he um, moves next door to this family, and there's like they have this wall of windows, and so he can like see in their house all the time. And he just strikes up this relationship with these next door neighbors and it's lovely because it is a truly beautiful friendship that they develop they have a young son and daughter but the son especially is looking for like his connection his mentorship he's tried like jujitsu or karate and he just doesn't really have his place and the person who he finds belonging with is this neighbor the neighbor um, is a little bit of like interested in the native birds of the neighborhood and observing them. And someone is hunting. They're the turning neighbors. up dead. And you're like, this What's doesn't happening? seem normal. Well, especially since they're turning up dead with bullets. Yeah. <laughs> That's a giveaway. So it's a it's a little bit of like a weird neighborhood story. It's about I, I, unusually about this socially alone man in the world. It's an it's an interesting perspective. It's a good, he's it's looking a good for perspective, or he's looking for connection, and he's trying to volunteer. And he's like, "I'm really not the volunteer that they need." Like he realizes he wants to volunteer at a, in a, um, a women's shelter, a women's shelter as a for women who are escaping. Uh, the abuse of relationships that they've been involved in, looking for a safe place. And so he's been a volunteer there, but they're like, sorry, like, we're going to have to let you go because <laughs> you're a man. It's like, what, what? And he recognizes, he recognizes his white male privilege. Yeah. And so I, he's a lovely, sweet character. You want to know him. You want to be his friend. And you also want justice for the birds. Indeed. And then we have... Some new Tessa Bailey. Tessa is crazy. She is pounding Girl. books out like McDonald's serves fries. <laughs> or the quarter pounder with cheese. Okay. Whatever floats your boat. Well, you said pound, so I was just pounding out the quarter pounder. Exactly. Got it. She has a new series. Um, three books are coming out all at once. So you could like binge read. It's like a Netflix series binge where you watch the entire, like three seasons in a row. So we have Chase Me, Need Me, and Make Me. They're all coming out together. She, uh, uh, like we're going to have to have a Tessa Bailey shelf. We'll have the Colleen Hoover shelf. 
and we'll have the Tessa Bailey shelf. She just gets her own shelf. Uh, yeah, at this rate. Yeah. All right, what's new in kids? I'm so excited to tell you about a couple of them. Night of the Ninjas is the new Magic Treehouse graphic novel edition. If you have a kid and you know what Magic Treehouse is, it, there's like something like 36 in the series, okay? Like, it just keeps going. It's very wonderful. You learn about history and nature and science and all kinds of cool things where the kids like time travel and they get to learn about stuff. So it's very cool. But it does take up a whole shelf. But apparently, Mary Pope Osborne also needs to have an entire shelf of the graphic novel editions. But there is a reason that we keep bringing them in. We are bringing in the graphic novel editions because this that this series creates readers. And we also know that some kids learn visually um, and they need that colorful, pictorial representation. And they're good adaptations. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great. Cool. It's really great. So we'll have that, Night of the Ninjas, if you have a Magic Treehouse fan. And somewhat adjacent, if you have never watched The Three Ninjas, that is the greatest movie of the 90s. Those are the real ninjas. Like, if you ever watched a ninja thing, forget Karate yeah. kid, kid. Did he think of himself as a ninja? No. No. Okay, anyway. Three ninjas. If we you should run, we it, should hide, we should kick their butts. Talk about badass. Rocky loves Emily. Rocky loves Emily. Anyway. Psych! If you know, you know, as the kids say. <laughs> Which one did you think was the hottest? Uh, I'm all, yes. Colt was the hottest. But Tum Tum is the cutest. Yeah, but he was like a little. I know. That's why I say cute. I have a crush on it. Colt was like was kind cute. of the badass one. Yeah, Colt's a badass. And Rocky was like, I'm the oldest and I have to keep the shit together and you kids are so annoying. I love it so much. My kids, I made a many year experience of introducing them to the movies of the 90s on like family movie night. And my kids will always be like, Mom, you picked the best movies. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're All welcome. Right. What else is new in kids? There is a really cool picture book called Stickler Loves the World by Lane Smith. Lane Smith was involved in the Stinky Cheese Man. He totally oh. ref- revolutionized book design with his wife. And, you know, end papers, page alignment, text usage. They do really cool stuff. So I'm excited to see Stickler Loves the World. It's like, a it's about a burr. You know when you're like out walking in the park and you come home and you got a little like sticky <laughs> thing yes. on your pants or you dig them out of your dog's fur? Yeah. And like, oh, that's so annoying. Well, this is about those little things. <laughs> so I'm curious to see where they take us. Give by Jenarina and Rahel Jean-Paul Bell. I hope I'm saying that right. It's a really cool story about generosity to friends. Beautiful illustrations. And we may have the illustrator in the store soon. So keep an eye on this. This would be a great back to school title. What's popping at the store, Alan? Well, tomorrow, Wednesday, 10 a.m., we have story time with you and Lovey. Yep. Saturday, 1 to 3, the Writer's Lab. Engineering surprise for writers and their readers with local poet, Jennifer Knox. Saturday and Sunday are big days. So Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m., Good Books, Young Troublemakers is meeting. They're reading The Gray by Chris Barron. I want to put Good Books, Young Troublemakers on the listener's radar. If you haven't already, 
please follow Good Books Young Troublemakers on Facebook and Instagram. Our amazing bookseller, Tanvi Rustogi, the leader of this book club, as well as um, the Graphic Novel Book Club, it has transformed this into a national profit. They are launching sites um, at seven different locations across the country and will eventually be opening this up to the public to create local chapters of this book club. Um, they focus on advocacy work and empathy and learning how to be someone who knows how to stand up for others in the moment when social justices are arise. Um, it's inspired by John Lewis um, and his call to get involved in good trouble when necessary. And it's really something special. So please follow them on social media. Just look for Good Books, Young Troublemakers and watch for new, more news. Um, also Saturday from 6.30 to 8 p.m., we have the Between the Covers Book Club. They're reading Off the Map by Trish Dollar. This is by far, as we've discussed earlier in this podcast, romance readership is huge. They're so enthusiastic and so positive. It is such a popular book club. We've broken it up into two gatherings because these people, the, we had so many people come, we didn't have room. So we have two meetings. We have Saturday from 6.38 and we have Sunday from 4.30 to 6. Same book, just pick the time that's most convenient for you. They even ask for an extra half hour. Our book clubs usually meet <laughs> for an hour. It's not enough for the romance readers. They want to talk books. All right. Sunday, 11.30 to 1.30, voter registration will be happening. League of Women Voters is going to have a table in their store. So people, get registered. Talk to the youngins in your life. Get them registered and ready to vote. If they're 18 by Election Day in November, make sure they're registered, <laughs> as well as the apathetic adults who should be registered in your life. Indeed. And then on Sunday from 2 to 3, it's our Russian Lit Book Club discussing the dream life of Sukhanov by Olga Grushin. And I then mentioned the romance book club. They're also meeting on Sunday. And then Monday, 5 to 6 p.m., Women from Other Worlds is reading The Terraformers by Annalie Newitz. That's it. That's all that's happening. Keep the champagne flowing and the books going. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at dog-eared books Ames or at dog-eared books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>